So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcast here with 2 a.m. wake-up call. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired you to start the project, and what does the project name mean? So um, this actually goes back quite a while. Back in uh, 2014, I was kind of meddling around the uh, indie game development scene and also making music for that. And on a, a video game um, background music forum I was a member of, which is now i pretty sure long defunct someone posted a a challenge make one track a day for 30 days it it doesn't matter how good it is just you know make one one thing a day like a minute long a a complete idea it doesn't matter if it has lyrics it doesn't matter anything as long as you just produce something every day for 30 days and uh i thought it sounded fun so i decided i would do that and um i liked doing it so much that i went beyond the 30 days and for like 120 days or so made a track every day Shit. so fast forward a couple of years i decided i wanted to put that on spotify just you know see what would happen so i i registered a spotify ca- account i came up with a a name for the project 2am wake up call which unfortunately doesn't have a very interesting backstory beyond it sounded cool oh. at the okay. time and I put all my uh, one track a day stuff online. And then after that, I I was meddling with like more real music stuff. And I already had the account. So I just started putting my real music on there too. And it sort of uh, evolved into what I have now. Okay. All right, cool. So congrats on your newest album. The barriers all seem to disappear. How do you feel about the response to that so far? I'm really happy with it. Um, because my last album or my last EP, this is enough. I, I sort of was able to get a couple of playlist placements and stuff, probably cause it was more traditional indie fair and less, uh, experimental going into like the, the realm of folk. And this time I, I wasn't able to really get anybody interested in, in putting it on their indie playlist because, you know, it's a little more bridging over into folk and experimental but since i released it i've had a a really good response from everyone i've heard listen to it um it's it's not been like any sort of systemic thing just uh people reaching out to me and saying they really liked it and that's always really encouraging that's you know that's better than any number of plays or or placements that you could ask for just Mm -hmm. people reaching out and telling you how much they enjoyed your music yeah, yeah to very happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so, what was your writing process like for this album? Um, well, the album is based on a road trip I did back in December. I was coming back from college, moving back home, and I had a bunch of stuff with me, so I couldn't fly. So, me and my sister got in a a, a car, packed all the stuff in there, and drove from Orange County to Louisville, Kentucky, and that took us probably 10 days because we didn't just you know drive every day either we would stop at like national parks and cities and and see the sites and it was really sort of a um a thematic journey as well because i was you know leaving college and coming back home to start my adult life Mm -hmm. in a way and so during that road trip i sort of had the idea that i wanted to to write an album about it but I didn't have time to like write whole songs. So what I would do is when I saw like a, a cool 
street sign or or had a, an idea, saw a place name, I would write it down in my songwriting notebook just as like, oh, there's a, a sign that says, uh, you know, relay station. There's a sign that says um, Janis Joplin for president. And I, I just write down these little snippets as I went. Mm -hmm. And then once I got home, I had the time to look over all those uh snippets I'd written down and sort of recall the memories that had inspired them. And I wrote songs based on all of those. Basically every song on the album, the title or, or the core idea was inspired by one of those things I just wrote down while I'm traveling across the country. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh Thank my you. God. So what band's influence do you think you can hear on the album? On this album specifically, I tried to sort of broaden my influences because when I first started out, I was sort of influenced by um, by like Tom Petty, uh, Jason Isbell and the 400 unit definitely has been a, a an enduring influence. And then shortly into the project, I discovered Car Seat Headrest, which was a, a massive influence. Mm -hmm. But this, I'm trying, uh, this, for this album, I tried to sort of work back towards um, the folk side of things. So. I um, was inspired a lot by John Prine, who recently passed away due to COVID-19. Um, I was inspired a lot by Josh Ritter's 2019 album, Fever Breaks, which is a great sort of folk rock Americana album that I took a lot of influence from. And also just from like classic old folk music like Woody Guthrie and Merle Travis and that sort of thing. And I tried to combine all those influences best I could on this album. All right. Hopefully it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is there a certain feeling you want listeners to have while listening through this album? I mean, the, the obvious answer is whatever feeling it actually brings them. But um, I, I suppose what I was aiming for is this sort of feeling of the transition between two stages of life or or two places where you're not really connected to either one and you just feel like you're sort of disconnected untethered uh, and floating in a way it'd be like if you you know i sometimes imagine like in a movie where the the hero has to jump between these two cliffs mm -hmm. and this album is sort of the feeling of when you're in midair okay so we know you just dropped an album but is there anything else in the works? Um, I have some some ideas in the works. I, I For about a year or so now, I've been sort of playing around with the idea of doing a, a double album based on the sort of the 2008 financial crash. And I, I want to call it mall fantasy, but mm -hmm. I'm that's still sort of very early stages. I've got some songs that I might want to put on it, but I, I, I definitely wouldn't expect anything this year on that, for example. Okay. I've also been thinking of just sort of going back to my roots in a way and doing some relatively quick um, and experimental demos just to, you know, sort of uh, flex the songwriting muscle a little bit. Okay. All right. Exciting. Um, so where do you see the project in the next five years? Well, I would definitely like to have uh, bring in more people on it. I was planning to, you know, when I moved to a new town after college, you know, get integrated with the music scene and, and sort of find people organically. But obviously that's 
become a non-option with COVID and stuff. So, but I would like to get back to that. I'd like to, you know, bring in band members so that I could perform a lot of this stuff live because on all the records, with the exception of this last one, I had a couple of collaborators, but typically I play all the instruments myself, so I can't really uh, replicate that live very well. Mm -hmm. So I definitely like to um, find collaborators, uh, perform live once that becomes a safe option, and uh, you know, just try to keep growing, growing as a band, growing my fan base. Yeah. Okay. All right. Exciting. So for the last couple questions, we're actually going to shift away from music and go straight to death row. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think right now what I'd want is like a really good, um, like a rainbow trout mm -hmm. that's been sort of pan seared mm -hmm. rice, uh, lemon, um, my grandpa used to make these, when he made fish, he would make uh, like almonds, but toasted with butter and oil and really crunchy and good and just spread those all over the fish. And as a drink, uh, I'll probably go with my, my personal classic drink, a chocolate milk. All right. Wow, that's an interesting combination. <laughs> but it's okay. We've gotten a, a chocolate milkshake and Thai food once. Yeah. So I don't think that's the worst thing we've heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? Hmm. Fictional world. Well, it's a kind of a, a tough question since a lot of fiction is sort of dystopian in, in nature. Mm -hmm. But... Um, Hmm. I suppose uh, I'll I'll just be a, a normie and say the world of Star Wars because right. you know technology, cool stuff. It's kind of no more dystopian than the current world is. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Wait, would you be a, a Sith or a Jedi though? I, I think I'd just be like a regular citizen trying to 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 make my own way on the moisture farms, and all this stuff is happening in the background, and I'm just mm -hmm. sort of vaguely invested in it in the way that people are invested in politics. All right. All right. That's fair. So we haven't gotten that answer yet. <laughs> so I have the honor of asking the last question and every single person we have spoken to have said it's the most important question. What's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Do you have a specific <laughs> shade of blue? Sort of like a, a dark blue, but not a navy blue, but, okay. but like darker than a royal blue. Okay. All right. All right. So, wait, so is it like, like almost black blue? No, it's like a little lighter than that. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Solid. I get it. I get it. Uh, so as Glory said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything we'd like to plug? Uh, I'd obviously like to plug my new album, which came out on August 1st. The Barriers All Seem to Disappear is out on all the streaming platforms. Um, and you can you can find it everywhere. All right. Well, uh, thank you for sitting down with us. This has been 2AM Wake Up Call, and we're the Good Noise Podcast.